The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week we discuss retail giants, history versus predictions, and retirement readiness. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. Quote, choiceful, discerning, thoughtful, end quote, is how Walmart CEO Doug McMillan described American consumers this week. What did the retail behemoth's quarterly results say about the strength of the U.S. consumer? Walmart's earnings look like a case for the optimists. Sales in America grew by 8.3% year-on-year after all. Take a little closer look and the numbers contain some warning signs. Walmart's market share gains in groceries was due to cash-strapped consumers, including high-income ones, trading down from fancier supermarkets. Higher-margin discretionary items like toys, clothes, and homeware did less well, despite sales intended to clear overstocked inventories. Lastly, Walmart's guidance on sales growth was 25 to 3% for the current year, which was below expectations. Walmart stock is lower by 3% for the week, but down only 1% year-to-date. Chinese retail giant Alibaba also reported earnings, and CEO Daniel Zhang said he sees a rebound in China's economy and consumption. Quote, looking ahead, we expect continued recovery in consumer sentiment and economic activity. End quote. Revenue was up 2% year-on-year, earnings were up 14% year-on-year, and net income was up 69% year-on-year, all beating expectations. Alibaba is pursuing growth in overseas markets through its global e-commerce site AliExpress, and international revenue grew by 18% from the previous year. Analysts are expecting Alibaba to see faster revenue growth over the coming quarters as the full effect of the Chinese economic reopening is felt. Recently, Morgan Stanley named Alibaba its top pick in the Chinese tech sector for the first time in three years. Baba stock is lower by 5% for the week, but up almost 2.5% year-to-date. Thursday saw the release of the Credit Suisse Global Investment Returns Yearbook, published by financial historians Elroy Dimson, Paul Marsh, and Mike Staunton. The yearbook contains a history of returns from stocks, bonds, cash, and currencies for 35 countries stretching all the way back to 1900. What does over 100 years of market returns from all over the world tell us? Over the last 120 years, global equities have returned an annualized rate of adjusted for inflation, 5%. Bonds return just 1.7%, and treasury bills just 0.4%. 
what was the best country for inflation-adjusted annualized stock market returns since 1900? Who guessed Australia? Aussie stocks returned 6.43% over that 123-year period, though the U.S. was just behind at 6.38%. In general, stocks have outperformed bonds, T-bills, and inflation in all 35 countries where the researchers took data. What does over 120 years of data say about future returns? The Playbook's authors estimate that stocks will return 3.5% more than T-bills yield, which is lower than the historical figure of 4.6%. However, that still means equity investors should double their money relative to short-term government treasuries in 20 years. The authors also noted that investment returns tend to be better in times of higher interest rates than lower rates, citing their very long-term data. Want more projections? Visit investwithwalter.com forward slash blog, where we posted a link to the yearbook, plus its estimate for Gen Z's potential investment returns relative to those earned by millennials since the 1990s, Gen X since the 1970s, and baby boomers since the 1950s. Again, find that at investwithwalter.com forward slash blog. What did last year's volatility do to 401k balances? Asset Manager Fidelity Investments reported that the average 401k account lost about a fifth of its value in 2022, dropping from an average of 130700 to 103900 After a year when the S&P 500 was down roughly 20% and bonds down about 15%, double-digit drops are about what you'd expect for investors who had nowhere to hide. Average account balances at Vanguard were also down 20%, and losses on some of the largest actively managed stock funds in 401k plans were far greater. The average retirement balance across millions of accounts at Fidelity and Vanguard is in the six figures, but investors recently reported they'd need roughly between 3 and $5 million to retire comfortably. Roughly a third of investors said $3 million, and a similar amount chose $5 million. This highlights a disconnect between current balances and the desired balances at retirement. Fidelity's 2022 results found the total 401k savings rate, which combines employee contributions and any employer match at 13.7%, down slightly from the previous quarter. The total savings rate for boomers was the highest out of all generations at 16.5%. Next week, we discuss bond strategy. What moves should you consider with interest rates on the move? Join us next Friday for that and much, much more. Thank you for listening and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.